26-year-old Hans Schmidt was recently shot in the head while preaching the gospel. As we look at the current persecution of the church and what the Bible says regarding the persecution of Christians in the end times. The Good Fight Radio Show. Welcome back to the Good Fight Radio Show. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, we're going to be looking at not only what's going on right now, what has happened, but ultimately what persecution against Christians will look like in the end times according to Scripture. And to discuss this very important and going to become more important topic is none other than the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. Amen. Something we need to deal with, man. Christians, believers better have a heads up because uh, you said we're going to be talking more about it or it's going to be happening more. That's that's absolutely biblical, you know. So uh, we need to have our heads on a swivel. We need to be wise. We need to be prayerful. Uh, we need to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. And we need to, as Peter said in First Peter 4, 1, arm yourselves to suffer. We're supposed to be prepared to be persecuted. And the church is not being prepared to be persecuted, Chad. Yeah, I think that's really important for people, especially out here on the West. Uh, not that it's not coming. It's coming in drove. It's going to become more and more prevalent. But so many people have been given a gospel, whether it is the prosperity gospel, the health and wealth gospel, whether it's this gospel that really is a, a gospel of manifestation, the good thoughts, only thinking yeah. of those things and so different forth. Gospel. Uh, and it is. It is a different gospel. And so many people think, oh, you're just lacking faith or whatever it may be. So all these things are coming upon you, which... By the way, as we talk about all the time, when it comes to end times, all of those things really come together to ultimately bring about not only the great falling away, but help to also bring about the Antichrist. And so when we look at all of these things going on, and, and I wanted to read from this story, Joe, because this kind of just brought it out. And Joe, you've written uh, an entire article on our website. And in fact, it's one of the most read articles on our website regarding the new age and Christian persecution and what that's going to look like. Yeah. The coming persecution. Because like, we give a ton of quotes since you mentioned that. Yeah. A ton of quotes from new age books. Uh, I just went to new age bookstores as a new Christian and I couldn't believe how many quotes I found in these books. I'm talking about how Christians would have to be destroyed. There would be a bloodbath, things like that in the uh, end times, in their end times. And that's exactly what the Bible says would happen because, through the Antichrist. It's so interesting. The times that we're living in, they're exciting for believers in a number of ways because when all these things are happening, just look up for your redemption draws nigh. But but Joe, we could talk about, and and I gotta get into these stories, or I'm gonna, but, but I'm thinking about that article. I'm thinking about things that we've been working on yeah. because you know what, when it comes to the Islamic Antichrist, and if you haven't seen the episode, I want to encourage you to check out an episode, which really was just an intro done by us for a message. And by the way, in church today, we need more pastors standing up and preaching what the gospel says regarding the end times. And Joe, man, I am getting us off course. But when it comes to this topic, people forget and they think, oh, well, let's push this to the side. In fact, I've read from churches entire, like what our mission is here I've read from them what we believe, and basically a lot of times is, well, everyone has different beliefs, so we try not to, you know, bother anybody. And it's like, man, even the terminology of salvation, the helmet of salvation, all these things that we talk about, yeah. a lot of it is indicative of the very end, ultimate yeah. salvation that, yeah. that that we have one day with Christ being with him forever. So 
when when you talked about that recently and how this all comes together, because we're talking about persecution, we're talking about what the Bible says regarding persecution in the end times. Joe, you did a great job of showing the Islamic narrative of the Antichrist, but there are so many other things because you just talked about an article you wrote. Maybe people, people might even get confused about that because I remember as a new believer reading that article, I think maybe the first week I came to Christ, I went to goodfight.org and I saw that wow. article. Yeah, it shows you how old that article is. <laughs> Um, but I remember reading it and I'm like, wow, look at all these things. But then you link that up as well, even in this emerging church about some of these, uh, ecumenical leaders and then also interfaith ecumenical being grabbing all of the, you know, the Catholics and whatever together. And then also the interfaith, like with Rick Warren and so forth. And then you even brought this out more recently. This is why it's crazy, Joe. And I know we're talking about persecution, so it's all relevant, but you talked about, you know, the, the blues and the grays recently in a conference we did in San Antonio, Texas, where we're talking about a number of things, Joe, and it all coming together to bring about this persecution. And I, I don't want to get too much away right now, but I want to read from this because this has been kind of the reason why we're going to talk about this. Because just recently, and as the time of this recording, he is still in critical condition as far as we know. But this is from an article. I don't use the term religious leader, so I want you to make sure, you know, I'm quoting an article. It says, a religious leader is fighting for his life after being shot in the head earlier this week while preaching on a street corner in Glendale. Hans Schmidt, 26, a military medic and Christian father of two children, was shot Wednesday around 6.15 p.m. in the area of 51st Avenue and Peora, according to local authorities. The shooting took place as Schmidt, who had recently moved to Arizona and is now hospitalized in critical condition, was preaching the gospel on the street and promoting a nearby church service. So Joe, we see this happening and I don't think this is all that isolated, but maybe it's isolated for many people like, wait, Christians are getting shot yeah. for preaching the gospel. But I, I think this kind of lends itself to ask the question and we do pray for him. If you haven't prayed for him, please do because he's still, as far as the time of us recording, he is still in critical condition. So keep yeah. that in prayer. And But Joe, we see this going on. Is this something that you know, maybe we're all just going to be raptured out of here. So we don't got to worry about it. Uh, maybe it's a situation where one day we're actually going to take the seven mountains of cultural mm -hmm. influence. We're going to, we're going to have this, or, you know what, maybe we'll reconstruct the government and eventually put all the idolaters to death and so forth. But really, where's all and this obviously, coming from? obviously don't let that be taken out of context because yeah. Chad's not saying that, but that's what some people are saying. I just gave, uh, I just gave you the NAR side yeah. of it and the reconstructionist side of it and even the pre-trib right. side oh we don't got to worry about going through the tribulation we don't got to worry about going through the tribulation. tribulation yeah so those are some of the arguments and now that's what i'm going to hand over to you because you're hearing that all over and in fact if you're on twitter that seemed though all three of those seem to be what is the most prevalent yeah. in terms of american christianity that we're seeing today but it looks like persecution, Joe, when I see the scripture. It looks like that's actually what's on the table here. Yeah, we've been, uh, as you've been documenting, we've been warning about this coming persecution for years. It's throughout scripture. Uh, in Matthew 24, you know, Jesus said lawlessness would increase and the world's getting really wicked, right? You see all these mobs and uh, you see these people, you know, you know, the anti-Semitism is just growing immensely as well. Mm -hmm. We need to pray for our Jewish neighbors whom uh, Jesus died for, right? And, uh, but when you think about like how you set it up, Chad, uh, we used to warn a lot and we still do, uh, that the church is not being prepared because you have a lot of people that are, uh, you know, basically, you know, 
pre-trib. Don't worry. We won't have to face the Antichrist. You won't have to, you know, resist taking the mark of the beast because we'll be raptured first. Uh, you have others, and they, they mean well. We have a lot of brothers that, that love Jesus that are pre-trib, but we, we, need to, we need to warn them and say, no, look at what the scriptures say. Uh, you have others who are, and we'll have to talk about that a little bit in this episode probably, but also you have others preterist, and that's been growing massively. Mm-hmm. Where the end times already took place, there won't be an Antichrist. Nero was the Antichrist, which is ridiculous. The book of Revelation was written long after Nero was committed suicide. And by the way, the Antichrist doesn't commit suicide. He's killed by Jesus Christ in Revelation 19 as second coming. He was not the Antichrist. So you have a lot of people that are just saying, oh, it's not going to happen because, you know, and then you have a lot of health and wealth, you know, gospel people that are just preaching that God wants us fat and happy on our couches, eating bonbons uh, and so forth and just naming it and claiming it. So you have that side, but then you have the entire other side, Chad, which you brought up, which is the Reconstructionists, a lot of Calvinists who are Reconstructionists. We're going to reconstruct the world. A lot of them are preterists, of course. Uh, you have a lot of kingdom dominionists, a lot of kingdom now people, a lot of the charismatics, and we're going to take over the seven mountains. They're not re- prepared for persecution. And then you have many of these groups who are preparing to persecute us. Uh, you have Johnny Enlow, the, probably the, one of the foremost, definitely one of the most, you know, foremost writers for uh, the seven mountain mandate in the seven mountain prophecy. He talks about how as Christians, us, you know, as some of them would call us, you know, gray matter Christians because we use our brains and we. We're into discernment and what's, you know, what does the Lord call us to? That we're going to be wiped out with a civil war in the church. And by the way, it's important to understand that Paul and Jesus warned that this would happen within our own ranks. Uh, Paul didn't only warn in, in Acts 20 about ravenous wolves coming among it's you. Flock, yeah. But uh, Jesus warned that your brother, we've traded you your brothers, you know. And this is important to understand. In Matthew 24, he, he talked about how uh, they'll, you'll be hated by all nations because of my name. And he talked about how they'll deliver you or be killed in the tribulation. And that's important to understand because it's in that context that Jesus said, he that endures the end will be saved. But uh, he talked about lawlessness increasing there. But Paul talks about the same thing in 2 Timothy 3. And it's important to be aware of these scriptures. And many of you are familiar with the first part of that chapter where Paul says, know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Remember, we love our own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, he goes on and on. And he says, haters of the good, there you go. And having a form of godliness, but denying their, the power thereof. And then he goes on to say, verse 12, that, uh, that they, you know, all those who live godly in Christ Jesus, any of you living godly, any of us who live godly in Christ Jesus, that's all of us, hopefully, everybody listening, hopefully, that knows Jesus, will suffer persecution. That's a promise that's not often quoted. That's a promise in Scripture. All those who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. The very next verse, verse 13, and evil men will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So we're going to be persecuted by people that will de- that are deceived. In fact, Jesus said in John chapter 16 that they're going to put you to death, his followers, thinking they're doing service God's service. Yeah. Uh, and just before that, in chapter 15, verse 18, uh, Jesus said, if they persecuted me, the master, how much are they, and called me Beelzebub, how much more they could persecute you, the servants? So this has been the history of true Christianity. If you live in the United States, which we do, uh, if you live in uh, Australia, New Zealand, these countries are anomalies when it comes to persecution. Uh, typically, uh, Christians in most nations have suffered persecution, and they are heavily in China, in India right now, uh, in Iran, uh, in other countries like that. So it's important to understand the scriptures said uh, this would come. It's also important to understand that a lot of believers don't realize that there have been Christians that have been murdered in our country. That trans girl went and killed a lot of People, Aubrey, a, Hale, yeah. Aubrey in uh, the name, you know, in the name of her, her, I guess, just hatred, targeting in her manifesto Christians. Uh, that just happened recently. 
Uh, you have, you know, this Hans Schmidt, you know, and pray for his wife, his, his family. That just breaks my heart to hear what happened to this poor guy sharing the gospel on the street corner and uh, just wicked, you know. And also a friend named Wally Tope, but I say a friend, even though he's dead right now, I met him witnessing at a New Age convention. I went to a New Age convention, all these New Age booths, uh, one of the convention centers here in LA area, and we set up our own booth, but it was about Jesus being the only way. And I met him in that at that place, and he was there witnessing, and he wrote books. Wally Tope wrote books against Mormonism. He actually went to Utah to look and find the president of uh, the Mormon church, and he actually witnessed to him. But Wally Tope was outside witnessing in L area, and people were looting his store, and he was handing out tracts as they were coming out. And they, they beat him and kicked him to death, and he went into a coma, and then he died, you know. Uh, it's a, a brother that I love that I knew, you know. And it's just a reality, guys. It's more of a reality than people realize. In fact, a lot of people forget that many people were gunned down uh, uh, by the Columbine killers, the, the most famous or infamous uh, high school shootings that ever took place. Uh, was done by men that were young guys at the high school that were searching for Christians wearing what would Jesus do bracelets. And now the narrative was contrary to this in the news as though this wasn't any, there wasn't any, there wasn't any real special mission. In fact, some guy went out and he became, gave the official narrative years later and he denied they were going after Christians. Well, guess what? We have the tape, man. We have uh, evidence that they were not only influenced, influenced by the culture of death and the music of the era, but that they were also targeting Christians. In fact, check out this clip. Very few people know the truth about what really happened at Columbine. As the liberal media has largely ignored the truth, Claybold and Harris were actually targeting Christians. Not only was Cassie Bernal and at least one other girl shot to death after being challenged to profess their faith, but other Christians were targeted as well. Harris and Claybold virtually became everything that Manson and the culture of death preached that they should become. Eric Harris wrote, I long to blow up and shoot everything I can. What I don't like, I waste. Feel no remorse, no sense of shame. I don't care if I live or die. In the video they made before Columbine Massacre, Claybold and Harris spoke of their hatred for Christ and Christians. What you are about to hear are actual audio recordings made before their murders. Harris said of Jesus Christ, They pre-planned asking Christians if they believed in God and then killing them for their faith. Claybold and Harris planned to make fun of bracelets, what would Jesus do, commonly worn by Christian students, and then blowing them away. Harris then makes it known what he would do to Christians, and he did it. Sadly, they shot Rachel Scott in the leg and asked, do you believe in God? She said yes. They retorted, then go be with him now, and shot her in the head. In fact, here we see a clip from her dad talking about how they sought out to kill her because of her faith. The evidence is just very compelling to us that, uh, that they knew who she was, they knew what she stood for, they knew she stood for, for Jesus, and, and they, they took care of it that way. Brad, being a, a father of three children and loving them just incredibly, I can't fathom going through what you went through with Cassie and uh, the pain you must have endured. Uh, how did the Lord get you through that? How were you able to deal with that? Speak to us about what you went through during that time. You know, it still, it still was hard, but the unbearable part of that agony was, was gone. And, uh, you know, I really believe 
that what happened at Columbine on that day was truly a spiritual battle. It was a, it was a pinnacle and Satan was trying to make his stand. I think I can, I can address with some authority more so how it was really a spiritual battle because I, I was able to see the videotapes that Eric and Dylan made before they committed their crime. And in that, in that tape, it was, it was very blatant, Joe. They hated Christians. They hated God. That's mostly what they talked about, all the effing little Christians. And one thing that they said that really caught my ear was they said they were going to shoot the Christians in the head. Right. And we know that right. is, that's what they did with Cassie. And that's what they did with a lot of other young people there that day that right. were Christians. One of my concerns is that not only was that covered up much by the media, as far as uh, the fact that they were out to get Christians, much of the media ignored that. They said they were out to get jocks. And one jock said, hey, if they're out to get us, why weren't they at the gym? Uh, we know that they killed high, eight high-profile Christians on campus. Uh, another thing the media seems to have covered rather greatly, for the most part, was the fact that both Claybold and Harris were into bands like KMFDM, uh, Ramstein, uh, Marilyn Manson, uh, listening to music, and we've covered that in our video, they sold their souls for rock and roll, listening to music that was strongly bred purporting uh, death. It's not, like I said, it's not easy to be a Christian. We have, the music industry is, is a, a huge factor and pulling kids away from Christianity and, and pulling them towards that lake of fire. I know that in the Columbine situation, um, at one point, uh, one of the investigators had said to the media, and it was publicized in all the newspapers, that, that God had nothing to do with this. You know, after after the, the, the report of Cassie standing up for her faith when, when the gunman held the shotgun to her head and asked her if she believed in God, she said, yes. He asked her why, and at that point, he pulled the trigger and entered her life. Um, people need to know that the media does, they, they reported that, but, but they don't really want people to go to Christ. The, the report was that God had nothing to do with this. Well, I saw the videos that the boys made, right. and, and they hated the Christians. And I know that the investigators saw that and how they could say this has nothing to do with God. And then how that propagated to the masses is a horrible lie. Because yeah. what, what we saw, what I saw out of Columbine, I can assure you, was very spiritual and was very God-based. It was all about God and Christians. Right. And here the media is being misled and, and told that it has nothing to do with God. Wow, I mean... Joe, I mean, personally, when I see that, that clip from They Sold Their Social Rock and Roll, obviously it brings me back to, you know, coming to Christ and and remembering it was through that video that I was like, wow, this is really heinous evil. And, you know, I was a wrestler. I was the team captain of my team. And I ran out to Romstein, you know, Duhas, you know, you, you hate me. Yeah. And I was into all their music and, and so forth. And I was not just there, but a number of the bands that you, you know, you exposed and they sold their souls for rock and roll. I was targeting you and they sold their souls. Yeah, right? you got I was me. Targeting all yeah. lost people <laughs> you got me. and believers to strengthen the church. Praise, <laughs> praise the Lord. Cause it, it is, it is so needed today. And 
the lines are getting even more blurred and you find out that so many of your favorite worship artists, they also love all this music. Yeah. You could have Andy Stanley say that his worship team, North Point Worship, they got to play Led Zeppelin every once in a while to get it out of their system. Because it's like, what are they meditating on? Oh, yeah. Psalm chapter one says, sit in the sea of scoffers. But this is not that episode, Joe. This is about <laughs> persecution. Granted, I do think as old fuddy-duddies are going to be the ones that are persecuted against. Because you just don't understand yeah. whether it is, you know, what we're seeing, what we saw there, obviously what happened in Columbine, whether it's that or whether it's recently with Aubrey Hill. Or how about when we think about our persecuted brothers and sisters in other countries as well, not only the Middle East, obviously that one's an easy one, but how about India? 80% yeah. of India is Hindu and people think, oh, Hindu, peaceful, karma, all that stuff. They have an entire army. I believe it's called the RSS, if I remember correctly, that go yeah. out and hunt down Christians. And not only do they hunt down Christians, but they persecute them, they beat them, uh, and so forth. There's only about 5% Christian yeah. in all that entire land. And they go through heinous persecution. Now, how about Nigeria, yeah. where you have Boko Haram? Boko Haram yeah. and, and this is the kind of stuff, and it reminds us, hopefully, to not just hold up signs like Michelle Obama did, right, for, oh, give us back our girls and all this stuff. But we get to go before the risen king. We get to speak, have our prayers meditated upon, or mediated by Jesus Christ as the Holy Spirit works in our hearts to pray to the Father as we go and we say, God, do something about this. We want to pray for our persecuted church. And that's huge, Joe. But this episode specifically, and I, that should always be at the forefront of our minds when we're praying about things, is our the persecuted church, our brethren in other places. But also, Joe, we've talked a lot about ecumenism, not just the interfaith, yeah. movement, but also ecumenism, where you have somebody, obviously Rick Warren, uh, you know, those types saying, well, the Pope is our Pope too. Yeah. He's not my Papa, right? I have a father in heaven and I have a dad that God had given me, right? But you look at that and you have that going on. And then you think about one of the biggest movements, I think, or one of the biggest shows that a lot of Christians have watched is The Chosen. And The Chosen not only has Jonathan Rumi, who by his own admission, being a Catholic mystic, goes to grave sites and tries to soak up yeah. and talk to the dead, by the way, yeah. and Forbid lay, on it, his grave, scripture. Yeah. lay on his grave yeah. to go, you know, conjure up spirits. But then you have Dallas Jenkins and Dallas Jenkins saying he will fight, he will die on the hill, that Mormons are Christians as well, Joe. And it just yeah, seems the, the, like... The guy who's the main guy behind the Chosen. The main the chosen. guy yeah. behind the Chosen. Everyone yeah. knows him. Then you have, you know, the, the camera workers, you know, having having uh, rainbow flags. And instead of just saying, oh, maybe they had something in their pocket that they're hiding. I think Candace Owens tried to say that. Uh, no, no, no. This was not only put on there, but Joe, we we do videos. When something is edited, not that you're always going to be perfect. When something is edited to highlight your show yeah. and in that short edit of maybe a minute long video, you have a rainbow flag. What is going on here? Yeah. What are you promoting? And Joe, all of this, the ecumenical movement of those that would claim to be inside of the church and you have him reaching out hands to Catholics playing Jesus. You got the Mormons, uh, you know, I'm going to die on the hill that we believe in the same Jesus. We just have some theological differences. Man, this is some dangerous stuff. Yeah, even Tim LaHaye who co-wrote because Dallas Jenkins is the son of uh, Jerry Jenkins who co-wrote the Left Behind series that was the biggest uh, fiction seller for its time before Harry Potter of all time. And... Uh, he, you know, he basically, Tim LaHaye, uh, who wrote with Jerry Jenkins, the Left Behind series, uh, he was very ecumenical in certain ways. I mean, he hung out and actually supported uh, a false messiah from Korea, you know, when he would come out and they would 
uh, you know, do things together. Of course, he would pay Christian leaders. Sun Young Moon? Yep. Wow. He'd, he'd pay Sun Young Moon, and, or Sun Young, Sun Young Moon would pay uh, these folks a lot of money to come and show up at his rallies when he came to the United States. Liberty University. He claimed to be the Messiah, you know, from, claimed the second coming was him coming over to the United States in a jet, you know, and claimed that his wife was the Holy Spirit. So it's this really weird bedfellows, bro. And uh, it's kind of interesting because uh, Jerry Jenkins, has, has he's the one writing the books called The Chosen, which coincides with the series The Chosen. And he says, well, it's to get people more in depth with my, my son's show and so forth. But he was just quoted on, in the Christian Post, He's being interviewed for the Christian Post, and uh, they talk about how, in fact, I'll give you the headline, uh, Left Behind author, speaking of Jerry Jenkins, father of Dallas Jenkins, says pre-rapture, the pre-trib rapture, end times Bible prophecies have been fulfilled. Be ready. In other words, the church doesn't have to go through any kind of tribulation. The church doesn't have to go through any more any kind of persecution right now. Uh, we just be ready. The rapture. We don't have to face the Antichrist. Uh, when Jesus said to his apostles, who were certainly Christians, when you see the abomination of desolation stand in the holy place, take off. Oh, well, that's not really for us. He says everything is fulfilled. In fact, in the article, Jerry Jenkins states, I think all the prophecies have been fulfilled that need to be uh, before the rapture. So it could be today. That's a lie. The Bible doesn't teach that the rapture could happen at any moment. That's so unscriptural. Read Matthew 24. Read about what Jesus said would have to take place, how there'd be a fallen away, abomination, desolation, then after the tribulation, Jesus says after tribulation, then he would come for the saints, you know, uh, for his elect. And it's interesting because Paul, as you know, Chad, made the same clear. I mean, brothers and sisters, you might be listening, you might be one of my pre-trib brothers or sisters. I love you dearly, you know. Uh, but at, at the same time, we have clear scripture on this. We offered for many, many, many years $10,000 for just one verse that says there'd be a pre-trib rapture. And, uh, and I think there's one or two people, I think it was uh, Thomas Icewell said, well, he was hoping the word fallen away really means the rapture. Yes, and he's mentioned that, that he could maybe collect the many, but he, we'd probably disagree. Well, I think almost every Bible scholar disagrees with that interpretation. In fact, uh, it's translated fallen away in the King James apostasy, translation, yeah. rebellion, apostasy, and that's how it's always used to fallen away uh, in, in the early uh, church context and prior to that in the Septuagint as well. Greek translation of the Old Testament. But Chad, uh, it's amazing because the scriptures are very clear. I mean, clear as day. If you would just simply open your Bible, you say, yeah, I've been taught pre-trib, I'm pre-trib, but I just don't know any clear scriptures. But, you know, yeah, if I could see a clear scripture, I've shared a scripture that has turned so many from the pre-trib rapture to what Jesus and the apostles teach. And that is if you go to Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2, and that's just after chapter 1 where Paul says that Christ will come to be admired in his saints and the church will get... Uh, rest from its from its persecution when not a preacher after, but when Jesus Christ comes with his mighty angels in flaming fire to take vengeance on those who are on the earth. That's that's the second coming, folks. There's only two comings: the first and the second. There's not a second and not a third. You know, it says he'll appear a second time, right? In Hebrews chapter two, uh, or chapter uh, nine, verse uh, twenty-eight. But it's interesting, guys. Uh, Paul says in Second Thessalonians chapter two concerning Christ's coming, and the Greek words parousia and are being gathered together to him. Everybody, pre, mid, post, pre-wrath, everybody believes verse one is talking about the rapture, discerning Christ's coming, and are being gathered together to him, episunagoge. He says, let no one deceive you by any means. Then he says in verse three, let no one deceive you that day, what day, the episunagoge, Christ coming to gather us together to the rapture, will not happen, he says, Paul says, until two events take place first. He says, this, that day will not happen until this takes place first. There will be a falling away apostasia. 
and then man of sin, the son of perdition, who sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God, uh, will, will be displayed in the temple of God. That's the Antichrist. So he says, don't be deceived into thinking the rapture is before the falling away and the coming of the Antichrist. And then he says, Chad, as you know, in verse 8, that, and then the lawless one we reveal, that's the Antichrist, when he sits in the temple, uh, whom the Lord will slay with the spirit of his mouth and the brightness of his, here it is, uh, parousia, the very thing he mentioned in verse 1 when he comes to gather us. That happens when he comes to defeat the Antichrist at the end of the tribulation. And Chad, this breaks my heart because Tim LaHaye and these guys are not only not, or they're telling the church, don't worry, we're not going to face all this stuff. You know, it's a non-event for the pre-tribbers, but it is an event. It's going to take place. And then this is what breaks my heart the most, is that Tim LaHaye and Jenkins basically taught through their books and through the movie series and through facts from queries about what they were teaching uh, through their fictional series and be, how it was doctrine that was basically being set forth. A query came in, hey, Chang, you know, Chang receives the mark of the beast, uh, and, but he's still saved. How can you take the mark of the beast and still be saved? And the crazy thing there is, Chad, uh, they, they literally have Chang being forced to take the mark of the beast, drugged, but he's still saved. And we would all agree, if someone forced you to take the mark of the beast, the Lord's not going to hold that against you. However, they purposely, Jerry Jenkins admits that he entered this in to open up a discussion. And he was queried in their facts page, and they can document it. I've got it documented uh, on the left behind uh, com website. Actually, it's there still, I believe, as well. And they're asked, you know, is it possible? I mean, what's happening with Chang? I mean, can you have the mark of the beast and still be saved? But they take it a step further. And the facts in the query was, what's going on with Chang here? And Jenkins, Jerry Jenkins, says, well, you know, uh, he, he was first saved, so he's thus always saved. In other words, once he was saved, he's always saved, even though he receives the mark of the beast. But they have, it goes further, because uh, in Tyson Ben, or uh, Jean Bess, uh, I think it's Ben Judah, Ben Judah, who is considered the Bible scholar in the Left Behind series, the fictional Bible scholar, he says, well, I've always taught that once you're sealed by the Holy Spirit in your forehead, you know, you can't lose your seal no matter what happens. So they basically are teaching that you can receive the mark of the beast even willingly and still be saved in the end. Where Revelation chapter 14, verses 9 through... In fact, Chad, will you read Revelation chapter 14, verses 9 through 12? Well, I'm glad that you brought that up because I did want to have that note is Revelation 13 and 14. Mm -hmm. It's the only place in Scripture that we see the terminology of the perseverance of, of the, the saints. saints. Amen. And both of them... Calling for the perseverance. Yeah. Calling for the perseverance. And both of them are related to the mark of the beast. That's right. Which you're bringing up, which I already had up on my screen. So it's funny you ask. And you want to be start at verse 9? Yeah. In verse 9, it says, Then another angel, a third one, followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone... Wait, wait. If who? If anyone... Anyone, guys. Well, that, you know, sometimes that gets really convoluted with some people. But if anyone worships the beast and his image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, by the way, it's not on accident. They choose to worship him, by the way. He will also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is mixed in full strength in the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever. They have no rest day and night. Those who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name, here is, and mind you, it was used right the chapter before in chapter 13, here is the perseverance of the saints, he who keeps the commandments of God and their faith 
in Jesus. Joe, I mean, that one's pretty clear. Yeah, it's very, very clear. And, and we're called to be overcomers. Uh, and we, we overcome through faith in Christ, you know, First John Amen. 4 and 5. And, but you have to keep the faith. Jesus said in Matthew 24, right before he mentioned the abomination of desolation, in verse 15, he mentions in 13, he that endures or perseveres to the end, the same will be saved. Uh, and also it's important, Chad, right after that chapter that you just read, in chapter 14 and chapter 15, verse 2, it talks about those, talks about the sea of glass, and it talks about the overcomers. And these are the overcomers, the ones who had victory over the beast, and victory over the mark of the beast. They refused to take it. And in Revelation chapter 2, verse uh, 26, you have one of the promises to the churches, and it's the, the one that overcomes and keeps my works to the end, right? That's the one that will be a pillar in, in the temple of God. And then in Revelation 12, 11, they, speaking of believers, they overcame the Antichrist or Satan by the blood of the Lamb. Our victory is through what Jesus did for us on the cross and trust in his victory but by the and by the word of their testimony, I mean our confession in what he did. But he, and, and he that, and it goes on and says, you know, and they did not love their, love their lives even to the point of death. They persevered to the end. And in, for, in Revelation chapter 2, Chad 9 through 11, the church of Smyrna, persecuted church, uh, Jesus says, he that, you know, uh, is faithful to death, I will give him the crown of life. Uh, and he that overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. He's talking about the lake of fire. And that coincides with Revelation, or so to say James 1.12, blessed is the man who perseveres under tribulations or perseveres under trials. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. We are called to perseverance. And there's a lot of deceptions that are greasing the skids, a recipe for apostasy, setting the church up to just be slaughtered. And we need to make sure we're prepared to suffer and resolve to not take the mark of the beast and to confess Christ to the very end. I'm telling you, Chad, right now, in the Left Behind series, you have people, you have guys in the book where they're considered like heroes in the Left Behind series, and they're confessing the Antichrist as their Lord with their mouths. Oh, but in their hearts, they were saying, why well, really believe in Jesus? And they're making this as though you can do this. So they're setting the church up to fall into these temptations in the end of days. And how much it was purposeful and how much it wasn't, I leave that between them and God, but it is wicked doctrine. Amen. God bless you guys. You've been listening to The Good Fight Radio Show with pastor and author Joe Schimmel and host Chad Davidson discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how they relate to family, culture, and the church. To learn more about Good Fight Ministries, visit us online at goodfight.org. Join our growing social media family and consider partnering with us at patreon.com slash goodfight.